What's we three, huh? Yep. Ready? Yeah. Are you ready? I think I was born ready, but go ahead. You say that, and then, like, you interrupt, and <laughs> start their intro, and then you, like, talk over them. Well, you really ready. I've been practicing my intro. Welcome back. There's one time in Nam. Well, let's hear it. Well, okay, don't use it. Here we go. All right. I'm, Welcome are back. You, are you ready to give it? <clears throat> yes. Is, okay, go ahead. I know what you're trying to... I see your go point. Ahead. I see go your ahead. point. Go ahead. Mike, go ahead. Welcome so back. This is the this is the actual <laughs> this isn't a practice run. <laughs> okay. Welcome is... back to Broken Records B side. <laughs> Did you stall out? That was well, it. Well, that was it. Oh, that was it. Oh, that was that was that was. That was, that was I don't know if you're still good. calling it family faith or faith. Philly faith. And we're just gonna say B side on the intro, okay. so it's not confusing. I didn't because I confuse myself and I like saying this is the B side, so we're just gonna start <laughs> saying the B side and whatever is titled, um, people can figure that out, I guess. Okay, well that's kind of why. You want to try? You want to try again? Sure. Okay, we'll call it the practice run. All right. Are you gonna interrupt me again? You're. you're I'm no. Are you? I think you're lying, but okay. <laughs> Hand up my own. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> just do it, Carl. Just do it. <laughs> Broken Record Ministries podcast. You're listening to the B side of the record. I'm Phil. I mean Carl. <laughs> joined again by Alpha Mike. I'm gonna call you Alpha Mike. Okay. I can't call you Alpha. Right. If it right. feels so disrespectful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a term of endearment. I'm a kinder person. I'm, I'm kind enough to call you Alpha Mike. <laughs> How's everybody doing? And coffee Mike too. I'll be kind to you too. Well, thank you, Carl. More fruity pebbles. <laughs> mm. For now, I had to throw that in. I know. <laughs> I have to go in Chrome Dome for Mike. It is a term of it, uh, endearment. Yeah. He pulls it off. He pulls it off well. He does have a nice, <laughs> a nice bald head. I, I told I told because I was thinking about shaving my head. Uh-huh. I asked my wife, what do you think if I shave my head? Would I look good bald? In all seriousness, she looks at me and says, you don't have the jawline for it. You can't do it. <laughs> She's not wrong. Well, thanks, Carl. You're welcome. My hand's like all misshapen. That affirmation we were looking for before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It was not there. Yeah, no, my, mine's misshapen. Like, mine's not even. Like, you're, like, you guys wonder why I have this on top. This, like, this, this, this weirdness on top is because it balances it. So I can, so I can still shave part of my head, but this there tricks your eyes. Go. The thing uh, is, yeah. He has a normal shaped head one, really. No, no, it really doesn't. I mean, I think it's deluding yourself. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's just payback for that jawline comment. It was, yes. Yeah, I know the truth. I know. I know my <laughs> truth. I know my truth. <laughs> yeah, my truth, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. What are we going to talk about? Oh, well, I, don't, I don't know what I want to talk about this week because there's been, it's been there's been so much. I don't know if I want to continue this week on what we what we started last week, or if I just want to just just I don't know, just have a conversation and just. Okay. I kind of like the idea. This idea, it's not it wasn't mine; it's was yours. Talking about the atonement week that you were talking about last last week, I think there's some real 
thoughts in that because we all know God can't look on any sin. And some of our sin is so deeply set in us that we don't even know that we have it. How do you repent for something you don't know you have? There's only one way to do that. That's to ask him to show it to you. Mm -hmm. That's kind of been on my heart for a while. Right. Because I'm thirsty. I'm, I'm so thirsty for such an intimate relationship with our Holy Father that I'm I'm begging, digging, trying to dig deep. Yeah, I don't know. That's just an idea. It's out there. That's yeah. all I got. Well, no, I and I think I think I have to remind myself when you know. Obviously, God knows all of my sin, all of me, everything. But I think that because obviously I pray about it sometimes more than others of you know wanting to atone for that and wanting to ask forgiveness for my sins, and I have to remind myself that I have to. It's thought, word, and deed, you know, because even if it comes to my head, it doesn't make it any less of a sin, you know, uh, uh, you know, and I've talked about this before about like, you know, hey, am I scrolling on something and I look at a photo of a girl or something for a little too long? And you know what I mean? I mean, am I doing that? Am I not? Am I being cognizant enough to not get sucked into that to not, you know, um, or even to go as far as to, if there is something that's inappropriate, like completely trying to block it out, reporting it and we're doing, you know, doing all these things. Yeah. Um, because I don't even want there to be a smidgen of impropriety in my life. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I know exactly uh, you know, what you're talking about, Mike. I mean, like I went, um, you know, it took my my uh, car over to Bob's at one point, and he's like, "Hey, it's ready to go." So I was like, "Okay." So I was like, "Hey, I'll just walk over and pick it up." And, you know, it's a couple miles or whatever, and I thought, "Hey, I gotta want to get some walking in anyway." And uh, as I was walking, um, somebody that's actually in our small group, uh, his, his wife and son stopped and said, "Hey, why don't why don't we give you a ride? Why don't we give you a ride?" And I I was like, "No, no, no, I'm okay, I'm okay." They're like, "No, no, it's you know." It, you know, you, you're going all the way over here, whatever, come on, get in and whatever. And I was just thought about it so much that I didn't want there to be any sense or anything of any type of impropriety. Yeah, yep. I know what you mean. So I said, no, not, and again, not to think that, that she would, that she would, that their kid would, that he would, that my wife would, that, you know, anything like but that. Why open the door? Right. All just it takes didn't is one have person it. to see you in the car. Absolutely. And to spread a rumor and say the wrong thing, yep. man, that can blow up so quick. You yeah. Out of control so fast. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate. I mean, it is so unfortunate, you know, because, you know, if you know me, then you know me to know I, there, I would never do anything like that. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just, it, but it's, I, it's a good thing to keep yourself in check, you know, still an unfortunate thing that you kind of have to. Well, it's kind of like this group, Mike. I don't think any of us text without permission another man's wife oh yeah i don't think any of us have ever done that if we yeah. communicate with the wives it's through an open mm -hmm. chat oh yeah and carl and i had that conversation because yeah, because his wife had actually messaged me and i was like "Ooh, i need to talk to carl first exactly and, and even knowing she probably already had the conversation because knowing her you know there's not going to be any kind of you know anything anyway but it was just one of those before i respond mm -hmm. i need to make sure that it's okay and i've purposely like not friended some of the guy's wives 
because we just haven't had that conversation, yeah. you know, uh, and it's just, it's a matter of respect. I, I don't want you to anybody to ever think I would not respect their marriage or even if they were just dating or anything like that. To me, technically, if it's dating, it's even worse because there's not the commitment factor. Right. You, you know what I mean? As far as for the chance of impropriety, but I just, I just can't live there. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, like at all. And, uh, and it's, it's just like, I know I don't have it anywhere near as bad as like a pastor because of course you I mean, you, that just opens such a floodgate of things of, you know, you're talking about, I know that they're all human. I know that they all have flaws, but you pray that, you know, that they're in a position for a reason that God's called them to that and that they, I guess, I guess for me, I, f I feel like maybe they have a better hold on the flesh than I do. Maybe not, you know, and I'm not trying to put any of them on a pedestal or anything like that. Um, you know, but you still think about you're, you're, they're being called all hours of the night. They're having to do all of the, um, you know, the marriage counseling, the one-on-one -on -one counseling, the, um, you know, trying to find the, uh, uh, some semblance of, of, uh, not retribution, but, uh, reconciliation, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, in their relationships, married otherwise and stuff like that. And I, so I can't imagine any of that and well, having to, you know, the, the intimate yeah. details when you're in that type of counseling, Oh yeah. I mean, opens itself wide open. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, to hear that sort of thing and you're going to develop a closeness to the person you're talking to, whether you want to or not, because you, you want to help them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I know. I, yeah. No, thanks. I'll pass on that. Yeah. Cause my wife and I now do some counseling uh, for some people. And, you know, it's one of those when you initially sit down cause there's zero training that we have, you know what I mean? It's like people have suggested this to them for some reason, but you know, um, God's calling, I'm guessing not ours. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's one of those things of, of, okay, just so you know, you know, there's some like, this will never be one-on-one -on -one with either you and my wife, me, you know, um, and we're going to be open and communicate and we're going to be honest. We expect the same from you if you can't. And I tell I, and I think I've even told a couple of people around the table, I don't, I don't care what your relationship is with anyone else. If you can't come with me and be honest, then it's not going to be a, you know, it's not going to be a true friendship because I don't care if you can be honest with anybody else. You need to be able to be honest with me. If you can't, then what are we doing? Quite that's how I feel. Yeah. And that's how I feel. So, you know, it's, if this is the only place in the world that you're ever honest, you know, besides obviously in front of God, then this is where you got to do it because otherwise it's, it's no good. I mean, you have to be, you have to be open and honest about it. You have to be able to just let yourself go, let your heart open, let your, you know, everything. And you got to be, you got to be open to anything that I may say that may offend you or whatever, because, you know, Hey, if you're doing something bad, I'm going to, I'm going to call you on it, you know, and that's what we ask of each other. Hey, if I'm getting out of line, if I'm getting, you know, you see me strain in any way, shape or form, then I, I need that bumper. I, you know, I need that bumper down the bowling alley kind of thing, you know, and th these are the people God's put in my life to, to hopefully do that. So yeah. well, I'm going to tell you, you cook the hot dogs a little too much. See, you can't cook a hot dog too much. 
Yeah. Yes, you can. I don't know. It's a charcoal. I, I had uh, some. I had some people asking for some I charcoal. Know you did. I heard them. I heard them. <laughs> Those people were right. <laughs> see. Oh, no, I disagree. But okay. <laughs> you see, that's like when, when when we do s'mores. Like my wife won't let me touch hers. She likes her like golden brown on all. Exactly. Stuff. She'll spend like exactly. five minutes. I'm like, yeah. light that sucker on fire. Let it burn, baby, burn. Yeah. And no. I'll put it in totally black. There. Yeah. Totally black on the outside. <laughs> no, no, no. That that crunch is so good. Oh yeah. That's that's what the cracker's for, dude. Oh, no. No, no. There's your crunch. Graham cracker? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Those are like softer now. Yeah. What do you want? You on a rock? I mean, stick a rock on yeah, them to stick. Yeah. That's why you have that. You, have that, you got to get the outer mollow part is crunchy. Yeah. Then you get the ooze part of that. Yeah. You can do that when it's golden, too. I agree Not with your well. lovely wife. <laughs> Someday you'll acknowledge how wrong you are. <laughs> it's kind of funny you mentioned Mike, uh, well, Alpha Mike. Two mics, mm. this is ridiculous. Um, the Your words and your deeds and everything. And that's, it's, it's, it's funny. Yesterday, that's where my mind was at, was like your words matching your actions. And it was so <laughs> funny how he brought my attention to it. Because I was watching, I was watching football. Mm -hmm. And uh, we turned over to... Uh, who was it? it was the Eagles and the the Washington team, right? Oh, uh, 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 commanders, commanders. Yeah, right. and this is that, I that's what I almost want to say Commodores. I <laughs> Commodores, yeah. That's what hit me. I'm watching this and I'm like, this is, this name change is so ridiculous. Yeah. I, I know we're getting into to controversial yeah. stuff, but one really loud group of of angry people compared to when they they polled Native Americans, seventy percent said they approved of the name, right. And my thought is, okay, even if let's just let's just pretend that they're right about the about the origins of the name, even though they're not. Mm. And it's super incendiary. <laughs> mm. It's super incendiary and very insulting. Logic would say, okay, we'll change the name to a different name that honors Native Americans. Right. Right. Like I don't know right. the Washington Comanches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Name it after a tribe or something. Right. right. If if your objective is you say with your words, we want to honor Native Americans and make them feel uh uh, empowered, mm -hmm. then you would choose a name that honors them. Yeah. So what do they do? <laughs> yeah. They say they don't want to hurt Native Americans' feelings, that they want to make them feel honored and appreciated. So they choose a name, Commanders, that when you when you hear that, you immediately think military. Right. And they even choose stencil text like the military uses. So instead of naming the team after Native Americans, you name them after the institution that massacred them. Yeah. Right. They eradicated. Right. And yeah. like that's where like, that's how God got my attention is like words not matching output. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, how often do we do that, though? Like we say one thing, but the way we behave or the way we act does not at all match what's coming out of our mouth hole. Right. It happens. Absolutely. What yep. happened to me yesterday? I was telling you guys on the A side, Ronnie, that uh, <laughs> you know I got into it with my wife over a cat litter box, and it occurred to me afterwards. Of course, in the moment, I'm hot headed. It wasn't her asking me to take care of it, even though that. It needed to be taken care of. It was her trying to exercise authority over me. Mm -hmm. And it had a spiritual meaning to it that I figured out after she stormed off to bed early, left me sitting on the couch. She doesn't listen, does she? Sometimes. Mm -hmm. I hope she's... Maybe, 50, maybe 50, tell her to skip yeah, this one. 50, yeah. 50. 
No, no, don't tell her that because it's gonna listen. Without a doubt. Hey, baby, you may not want to listen to this one. I'm waiting. What times it come out? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna set uh, a reminder. (laughs) She, uh, you know, she hit me pretty hard right between the eyes, and it's just amazing how God works because I've been spending a lot of time in the Old Testament, kind of jumping around Mm -hmm. the story of Joseph and the in Egypt, the story of Job. you know, you said Satan has power, but not ultimate power. We know that. Yeah, not all powerful. Not all powerful. Yes, that's how you said it. And and poor Joseph, you know, he was the favored son of Israel before they changed his name. I mean, after it changed his name. But no matter what circumstance he was in, he wanted to make sure he did not sin against God with his behavior. When Potiphar's wife came after him, tried to get him to lay with him. He ran out of the room without his garments. And then she told a lie on him, mm-hmm. got him thrown into the prison. All part of God's plan. He went on to become this great person that saves people from famine because of the dreams God gave him. Yep. And I often wonder how often do we behave in the moment a certain way because our flesh is doing it. And who's actually watching us do it? Because how many times have you heard, oh, most Christians are hypocrites, or all churches suck, or, I mean, I posted something the other day about it's okay to be broken in church. That's a good place to go. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not, it's not Sunday as it show up and show off. Right. And so many people said, I wish there was a church that was like that out there. <laughs> so, so people feel like that. So how are we how how are we helping the kingdom if we're behaving in direct contrast to what we should be behaving like? Right. And all that came into play for me yesterday. Here I am trying to work on my behavior, and I blow up over a litter box. Really, wasn't even significant. Right. It was worth is worthless. I mean, yes, I was tired, but that's not an excuse. I'm trying to bring things back around at home. And then I turn around and act like that. Immediately, the enemy was in my head, man. Right. It was in my head. First thing I thought of was, well, maybe you haven't been changed by by God the way you think you, you've been changing. Apparently not. If I'm going to behave like this to the woman I love that I'd lay my life down for. Well, we also need to understand that we have been saved, but we're also being saved. I think that's at a the, great distinction. Same, yeah, at the same time. So so the fact that you've been saved is 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 testament to the fact that he once for all atoned for our sins, but the fact that you're being saved is a reference to ongoing sanctification. Mm-hmm. And and if 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 you had become perfect at the moment of your salvation, there, there there would be no need for ongoing sanctification because you'd be fully sanctified already. The the fact that there's ongoing sanctification is evidence that there there's as long as we're alive, still things that need to be purged out. I agree. That's yeah. where he's had my my heart for the past few days is where he's leading us to. And it was beautiful how he brought me here. And I really hope nobody uh, gets upset for me sharing this, but um, I feel like somebody needs to hear it. So I'm, I'm going to, um, you know, I'll just apologize later, I guess. <sighs> but uh, when I went back home, I, I mentioned on the round table, I want to kiss up to Ronnie a little bit. I've been pushing it pretty hard. <laughs> But uh, 
Does Ronnie even listen to the B side? Yes, he does. Does he? Yeah, he does. I know he listens to the A side. <laughs> Hi, Ronnie. But my grandma's passing, and uh, I went back to to spend time with her and my grandpa a few days ago. And part of the reason I went back was I was worried about grandpa. I was worried about how he was handling things because I know that'd be hard. And we were talking and reminiscing. It was just it was just he and I that night. It was really nice. Um, as nice as it can be given the circumstances, but we were reminiscing. And at one point he turned to me really emphatically and he goes, don't worry about me. I'm okay. And, and he did seem okay. You know what I mean? I, 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 grandpa's a strong guy. He always has been, but, um, exceptionally so right now. And he, he kind of paused and he was like, you know, God, God prepared me ahead of time. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, someday I'll, I'll share with you what he showed me. And he hesitated and he goes, no, actually, I think, uh, uh let's go. I'm, I, I just we went outside and he's like, I think, uh, I think you need to know. I think, I think somebody needs to hear this. And he said, the night before she was hospitalized, so she, her health has been declining for a long time, but the last couple of weeks, it just took a massive nosedive. And Right before this happened, he said the night before, he was like, I had, I, I don't know whether to describe it as a dream or a vision. Um, he's like, I, I don't know how to describe what I experienced, but I was there. He was like, it was so real. It's like I was there. And he said, I was on this, this stone, this cobblestone pathway, but it was like smooth as glass. And he said it was leading uphill. And he said, I'm walking up this cobblestone pathway and I look up and Jesus is standing there at the top of this pathway with his arms open to me. He said, I can see this cloud of witnesses behind him, but I can't see any of their faces. I can't make out who they are. There's just this crowd behind him, but he's standing in front. He said, then I noticed uh, Barb, my his, his grandma, mm-hmm. standing next to Jesus, holding hands with him. And he said that he's just standing there looking and, and he could tell she wanted to come down the pathway with him or to see him, but she was looking up to Jesus because she didn't want to leave his side. And he said, Jesus reached down and patted her on the back, like as if to say, it's okay. You can, you can go. And he said, that's when I realized that he was a lot taller than us. And that's when the, he said, that's when I, when, I, when, I, when I saw that we were both kids again. We were children. But he's like, we recognized each other. He's mm-hmm. like, we recognized each other as if we were, because they didn't meet when they were little kids. You know, he's right. like, we knew who we, who we were, but we were children again. Mm. And he said, she ran down the pathway. And then he's like, we hugged and we held hands. We were like skipping back up, back up to, to Jesus. And he's like, you know, we were, we, we were running like we haven't been able to in a long time. Right. And uh, he said, we got to the top where he was and she like stepped back to him. And he said, that's when I just knew in that moment she was going to go first. Mm-hmm. She was going to go home first. And. Uh, that's, that's beautiful, Carl. When he's telling me this. The first thing that popped into my head was this passage from Matthew chapter 18. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, so who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a small child and had him stand among them. Truly, I tell you, he said, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And I think it's, it's. That's that's a tough passage to understand at first because you, you want to ask almost like Nicodemus asked, like, how can I become a child again? 
Mm-hmm. Or be born again. Right. Yes. Yeah. How can I revert back to that state again if I'm if I'm already grown? I'm already I'm, I've I've passed boyhood. I'm into manhood. How can I go back to boyhood again? And he answers in the next verse. He says, "Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven." And when you dig into that word there, humble in the Greek, it's tapenuho. It's tapenuho in the Greek, and yeah, I mean it. it it means the same thing in English, you know, to empty yourself of pride and, and selfishness. But the imagery that it carries in the Greek is like to be made to be made low and level. And it, it can be it can be compared to like when you're preparing a field to be farmed. And when you first come to the field, it's growing over with weeds. It has rocks. It's uneven and, and, and bumpy to get it prepared for planting. What do you have to do? Dig it up. You have to plow it. Yeah. Right which requires cutting. Mm-hmm. It's a process of cutting the, the entire field to ripple, to pull out the rocks, to rip away the, re- the, the weeds, to rip out the roots, and to make everything level. And that's what Jesus connects becoming like a child, and I think that's what he's talking about. I think when we're a child, we're in, we're in a state of purity. You know, we don't know sin yet, right? Even though we're born into sin, we don't really know sin yet, so we're in mm-hmm. more of like a pure state. But as we grow in this sin-stained world, we start to develop these sin habits and these weeds start growing in the field of our heart. And I think that's what he's saying. We have to, uh, we have to get back to that childlike state so that that plow, that spirit plow can rip that stuff away, but we can't do it. You know, I think you asked in the beginning coffee that, you know, how do, how do we, you know, you were talking about atonement. How do we, how do we get to that place? How do we, yes. how do we repent of things that we don't know that we've done? I think it's a matter of, uh, willingness more than more than an action on our part and I, you know actions required on our part i'm not saying it's not but you can't do what jesus is calling us to do here without him doing it for you mm-hmm. and i think grandpa got a vision of that and like that that ultimate state of like what we're really headed to the whole purpose of being saved at the end of it is to get back to that state of purity again so it's almost like bob's talked recently about hitting the reset button mm-hmm. like he felt like yeah. god was teaching him a lesson with his heart with the reset button I think Grandpa saw the same thing in a different way, like the whole objective of this reset to get back to that state of purity again. But only he can do it, right? Hey, Carl, where is it in the Bible that says, "And your old man will dream dreams"? Where is that? I, I Joel. Recently, Joel, I just recently read that. Joel chapter two, I think. What were you going to say? Mike? Oh, I was just going to say. I think it's funny how when you talk to most uh, most people and everything, and they talk about when you you know when you get to heaven, they just always say, "Well, I'm going to," you know, they say it's going to be in your best form. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like 20 and 25 again and oh, da, 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 and all this stuff. But when you think about it in this context here and what it's saying is, how do we know it's, we're not going to be like children again? Yeah. But that's not our best, most pure form. And that's what that's what we're going to be. You know, because, you know, because I mean, it goes right along with everything like that you read and you hear about. And, oh, well, I know the people and, you know, that I see and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But like your your grandpa's, if you want to call it vision or dream or, you know, um, I think it was more of a vision, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to think that going back to that childlike form. And what was beautiful about it, they knew each other. Right. You know what I mean? They yeah. they knew each other. Right. They remembered each other. Like that like that hadn't passed away. Like the the memories were still there, but the purity had returned. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's like, to me, that's the ultimate hope of, of heaven is that we, we still retain who we are. We still retain the relationships that we've developed, that he's allowed us to develop. But it's it's stripping away all the impurities from all of this. So we can right. we can carry those relationships into his kingdom without all the junk and the baggage mm-hmm. that goes along with it. And only he could accomplish that. It's it's such a beautiful picture. Yeah. Really is. I had a, a lot of issues before, um, because again, depending on who you talk to and everything, um, with will I know my wife? Yeah. I've wondered that myself. You know, and and I've heard conflicting things of from uh you you will but it won't be the same it won't be that like that's my wife and it kind of and i and and that makes sense to me not that i like it (laughs) you know um because of how much i love my wife but because of the fact of all of the heaven or the earthly things are kind of gone and and i to me what that that her being my wife is almost a possession type thing yeah you know what i mean to where it's like i know i love her but i don't have to have that possession anymore and that was something that took me really long it probably just been within the last year that i've been able to let go of that and and it caused me a lot of strife for many years of of wait what am i doing mm-hmm. why am i doing this you know, again, my heart being in the wrong place of I shouldn't be doing this for my wife. It should be doing it for me and having that relationship with Christ. Um, but even after, even after really being on a walk with Christ, still letting go of that. And again, my, my earthly form of that possession, if you will, of my wife, this is my wife. I've created this and cultivated and did it, you know, all these things to then have to give it up in the kingdom. Is that, Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. I don't that. think I well with anybody that loves their wife. Yeah. Well, I, what you I know, think, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, that's all I got. Well, yeah. I was going to say, I think what it what really occurs is I think the roots beneath the surface of our heart that we, that we don't really like, like you mentioned, coffee, two mics, <laughs> throw me off. <laughs> but, and that's it. Nobody else. <laughs> sometimes there, there are roots below the surface that we don't realize are there but they're causing damage that we can't see. Um, for example, like at my house, uh, when we bought it, apparently before years ago, there was a tree in the backyard. That's been cut down long before we ever bought our house. But the roots beneath the surface, they were never cut out. They cut the tree down, but they left the roots beneath the surface and those roots continue to grow and they've actually done damage to our, our, our piping. Oh, like man. they've actually mm. like, like punched holes in the pipes underground. That can be expensive. Yeah. The point is, it's causing damage. You look on the surface, there's nothing there. There's nothing growing. There's no tree there. But beneath the surface, those roots are continuing to grow and to, to, to fester and to wrap around and to, to break and to cause damage. And I think that's what's happening in our heart. We're, we're good at cutting the surface stuff out and making it look clean on the top level. Mm-hmm. But underneath, those roots continue to grow. That bitterness, that resentment, that, that possessiveness, um, control. All these, however, however sin manifests, it continues to grow in our, in the, in the, uh, the, the b- b- below surface level yeah. and cause damage that we don't realize is there. And I really think the hope of heaven is that he roots that stuff out mm-hmm. and, and makes it so that the surface matches what's beneath the surface mm-hmm. in, in a way that we'll, we'll never truly experience in this life. 
We'll see right. glimmers of it in this life. We'll see the process in this life, but we'll never truly see it to fulfillment until we experience what Grandpa saw. Mm-hmm. When it when it when it really fully manifests in actuality, in perfect actuality. That's that's the hope. That's what we're striving to. But we can't do it on our own. Like we can't be our own plowman. We're, right. we're the field. We can't plow ourselves. He has to plow for us. We just have to agree with it. Right. Right. That's where we tend to go wrong is we don't like what the plowman's doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, obviously. We don't like what he's doing, so we resist it. Right. We fight against it. It's so we'll give you this part, but not this one over here. Yep. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm, do I'll it. Hold this. that root because I yeah. like it. Yep. And he'll let us hold it until we until we let it go. Yeah. He will. Yeah. Because it doesn't do any good. If we're holding on to it, it's going to cause us more damage than necessary for him to pull it out. He's he's got to. We have to willingly give it to him. Otherwise, we'll we'll be destroyed in the uprooting. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at. I think I have a real, and I never realized it. I have a real problem with authority. Mm-hmm. I never, I never, never realized it. I really didn't. It's become clear to me here last several months. Authority and control are a problem for me. I must exert control. I must resist authority. Is where I've been, and. That's what came to me again last to me last night, as I sat on the couch alone mm-hmm. and pondered over what I said and how I behaved. That'll that'll do it. You know, it was a very bad night. I wasn't feeling good to begin with all day Sunday. Yeah, and I was tired on top of it because I had to get this garage clear. And man, I'm not. I'd like to say I'm thankful for the pruning. I am. I'd like to say I was You're okay. not, but you will be. Right. <laughs> I'm not. I, I didn't like going through the pruning. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like Carl was talking about, we're not happy with the plowman. Right. I was not a happy camper last night. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of going back to being like kids, we didn't like it when we were kids with our parents either. No. Yeah, and, point. you know, and now it's our parent that's doing it. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's not mom and dad it's the the father so that makes it and again we've i've said probably ad nauseum that you know when you become accountable to god that's when it's really hard yeah because it's like this isn't this isn't a i can squeak by with you know the the minimal amount of of effort you know i can't just put in a little bit and then it's all good right and i tried that route too it didn't work I, i had to really dig deep last night you know what he laid on me this week, too? Um, I think one of the areas where I've been um, not going about it the right way, and I, I think it's probably typical of most of us, is I'm not really honest with God. Hmm. Um, and I don't mean that I'm lying to him. I mean that right. I know when I'm struggling with something, I know he doesn't like it, so I'm not truly honest with him about how I feel hmm. when I pray. And... He already knows. It's not like we can trick him. It's not like because I don't come clean about it that he he hasn't figured it out. Like like I'm gonna say, oh, I, I admit God, I'm doing this. Oh my goodness, son, I didn't know. It's no shock to him. Wow, no. didn't see that one coming. <laughs> but there's there's healing in the honesty. And I, I caught myself and I was I was so frustrated and so just wounded this past week. And and there were some things that had been bothering me for a long time. And I just started talking to him about it. I'm like, God, I'm just going to, I know this isn't right. I know it's not justified, but I just need to tell you how I feel. And I just started opening up about how I felt about things. And he was so clear to me that this is what I wanted all along. I just wanted you to talk to me. 
Yeah. And just be mm-hmm. honest about it because there's healing in that because you need to release this. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like I said on the A side, Ronnie, um, <laughs> that's why Monday night is so important to me because I get it. It's not that I can't talk to my wife because I do. I talk to her extensively. Mm-hmm. But to be in a room full of other men that have other people, it could be other, but I'm just saying that are fighting the same battles that I'm fighting. It's so therapeutic yeah, to get it out there because then it starts jogging your, your prayer mind. Sometimes it just hits you right in the head. But then you find yourself praying for something that you might have heard one of the other guys say mm-hmm. and it enters into your prayer time. And iron sharpens iron. That's so important. Community is so important. Right. What I want to say, too, that being brutally honest with God is biblical. That's not something that's like some like new revelation for me that I'm telling you. You know, I've said before, Psalms is essentially like David's, at least the Psalms written by David. It's almost like David's prayer journal. Like very often you see it's David talking directly to God. You read some of those Psalms and David is raw. Mm -hmm. When he's talking to God, he is raw. This is how I feel. Um, I'm so sick of these people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. He's very raw with God, and there's God, no sign that God chastises him for that. In any see, way. that's something I've been afraid of many times, Carl, is I don't want to approach God and be disrespectful, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Irreverent? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because he is worthy all our praise and glory. Right. So... I've always, I'm always fighting the battle, the balance of doing it respectfully, but yet getting out what I need to say. Yeah, and I'm not saying shake your fist at him or you know. I've tried that. That doesn't no, work. Like that's that's when I say be raw and be open about your feelings. That's that's not how I mean that. I'm that's what I think. Respect, but just be honest. This is how I feel. I know this isn't justified. I, you know, I'm, I'm sick of this situation, God. I'm sick of how this person's acting. This this hurts me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I'm giving it over to you. Right. You know what I mean. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of what I mean by that. Yeah. No, no. I was just going to say, I, I, I think it's funny, Mike, you said you were talking about, you know, you want to be respectful and everything else. And then, you know, who loves us most like God? Yeah, our wives. And when do we stop to say, I want to make sure that I'm not being disrespectful in the way that I'm approaching this or what I'm saying? Yeah. Because honestly, I can tell you mine... One of the first times was last week. You know, I talked about it on the uh, on the roundtable about the three times I got really hit, you know, by the enemy. Um, and that was one of the first times I made a clear-cut decision to not have a conversation that would just entice old Mike to just fire back with dumb stuff, you know, um, and, and everything. So it, it was in that moment that, as much as I felt the devil coming after, I knew God, I could see that God was right there with me because he didn't allow me to do that. Well, that I saw that yesterday too, but for whatever reason, my mouth overloaded my backside. Yeah, no, it, it, because it's a process. It, it, it's a process. As soon as, it left, as soon as it left my mouth, I said, what are you doing, you idiot? Mm, yeah. I mean, what what are you thinking? Yeah. And then, of course, the enemy steps right in. See? Yep. There you are. Well, and I think it's an important thing to note as well that we have to remember that in our daily prayer life that we're praying for our spouses. Yeah. Yes. Not just their 
obviously for their journey and their relationship with Christ as well. But sometimes just the fact that they got to put up with us. Oh, amen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because who gets the brunt of everything? The if we're having a bad day, if we're having, if we're having a bad day with one of us, you know, with one of the other guys, you know, for just, and I'm just saying BRM, not even like church wise, worldwide, anything like that. But like, then who hears about it and who's, if we're in a bad mood about it, then who, you know, I mean, it's just that, 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 you know, we talk about that ripple effect. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that have to put up with that. So I think we have to, you know, I mean, cause I know I constantly, I constantly thank God for my wife. I, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times, you know, because of the fact of realizing what she's had to endure just in her life before me, let alone, I was, you know, a hot mess. Not that I'm not still, but I was a worse hot mess, you know, when we got together and all the time we've been together, um, you know, slightly cooled off. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly. Sometimes, you know, (laughs) obviously it depends on the day, but you know, it used to be a lot worse, but you know, so it's, uh, I think sometimes we forget about that. I agree with you. And that they sometimes completely ground us, you know, um, and it's not fun when they do it sometimes. Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. Because they're the ones that should be the most honest with you. Because yeah. as much as we don't reach out to each other, we normally don't also tell them, "Hey, okay, I'm I'm having a bad day because of this." They know, just like he knows. They know because other than other than God, they know us best. Yes. They know what that little twinge first thing when you wake up in the morning is is about. It's about okay. So it's going to be a rough day. It's going to, you know, I mean, my wife talks about it and she tells me, you know, how she used to walk on eggshells because she could just tell when I woke up in the morning, I was in a bad mood, you know, little did we know it was because of a TBI and, you know, at that point in time, but still she had to walk on eggshells and that makes me mortified that I ever made her or my kids ever feel that way, mm-hmm. you know, and, but they know, and you know where she still is? She's still with me. Yeah. yeah. You know, the one thing I've I realized here recently was I had no idea men were so moody. We always think of women, emotional, moody women. Oh, yeah. Okay? Well, we're not far off from that. Oh, no. And I sometimes never realized worse. that. Yeah, sometimes worse. No, we're just conditioned in our society to cover it up. Mm-hmm. What? Well, surface compared to below surface. Below surface, yeah. exactly. And back to that again. And, yep. and that, that became very clear to me here recently, and I went, I've got to stop bad-mouthing women's moods. Mm-hmm. Because... I'm no better. Men aren't allowed right. to have emotions. Right. Men aren't allowed to cry. Right. Mm-hmm. Men aren't allowed to be tenderhearted. Right. Like that's that's what culture tells you, but that's not what scripture tells you. Right. Because yeah. it's not healthy. Bottle oh, no. Up is not no, healthy. we've had yeah, a whole podcast on that. No, we got to break that mold. I mean, if you think and you go through just your life in general and the things that we know that there's a lot put on men, you know, and, and as, as well as there is women, absolutely. Um, think about how many chains you have to break from your upbringing. Oh, Uh, you know, I mean, just so, so many, and it seems like a continuous thing, but it's also something that because we do, it's, it can get better. I mean, it can get better. It can be, you know, it can be okay to be emotional sometimes and, and, you know, and to be vulnerable and things like that. Otherwise, like, what do you truly have? What do you truly have with your spouse? Because, you know, God tells us to love our spouse like he loves the church. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I, you know, definitely remember Jesus being, you know, emotional. Yeah. In every way, shape and form, even if it's flipping tables. Right. You know what I mean? But we have to be able to do that. We have not necessarily flip tables. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, we have to be able to have that availability um, in our lives. And, and we're told he wept. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say he's the ultimate, the ultimate male. Yeah. Yes, he is. That oh, ever yeah. existed. And it says that he wept. Absolutely. So, have you ever seen my colleague make chains? This just popped into my head when you were talking about chains. Um, I I don't know. I may have. It's really it's really pretty cool. The mm. big ones, anyway. I, I, I like those big industrial chains. Yeah, like the big ones. They take a piece of metal, they heat it up, and they've got a machine that holds that metal, and the chain that was made before it is above it. Well, they bring the chain down below the, the chain that's above to the new piece that's been heated up, and it bends it into shape. Mm, gotcha. And it links on to the, the colder chain that was just made prior to it. Talk about a spiritual thing right there. Here, here's your chain. I need to heat you up and bend you into shape. Mm-hmm. And you, you can only do it one link at a time. One link at a time. To me, mm-hmm. that's the whole purpose behind the ongoing sanctification through life. Because that's where I was going. Yeah, it can't yeah. be done all at once. It's got to be done little at a time. Otherwise, it won't be done effectively, efficiently. And the and chain won't, won't be, be strong. It won't be strong. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and like, Mike, you were a uh, coffee, Mike. You were talking earlier about um, going through uh, Genesis and talking about it. And it's funny because on my devotional I've been going through is going through um, uh, the Genesis. And, you know, I just got to the point of um, his father coming, uh, bringing his father to Egypt and and all of that. And it's not done yet. But the, um, the overall theme of it is trusting God's plan, God's plan and the waiting. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? The hardest part. Yeah. So you're talking one chain link at a time. That's, you know, if we, if we're breaking those chains, it's same way. You're not just going to break the whole thing. It's got to be one link at a time. And sometimes some of those are some pretty big links. Yeah. Right. And it's only like you said, Carl, it's only going to be possible to break that with him. And it's in his timing. Well, you think yeah. what it takes to form a chain, so you know how, how tough it is to break a chain. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we don't give a lot of credit for. You know what I mean? Like, um, just to use myself as an example, I'm 48. So it's like, it didn't, I, I wasn't, I didn't become this guy overnight. You know what I mean? I had to wait in God's timing to get to a point with my walk with him and my relationship with him before I could even get his sanctification and his correcting me mm-hmm. uh, to where I would really take it on and really be like, this means something. This is, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what he wants me to do. But it's still, I had all of those years that I wasn't doing it. So it's hard mm-hmm. because you're not used to it. You're not trained to it because I don't know it's about anybody else here. It's contrary to the world. Yeah. But I I wasn't trained to follow God's path in my whole life. No. You know? He needs time to acclimate us to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You know, the other thing that popped into my head while you were talking, Mike, was we're, we're wired by God to know that he's He's there. Mm-hmm. We, we know this. Yep. Whether people want to admit it or not is another story. Right. Okay? Yep. But... You talked about God working in your life and recognizing it. 
if you tell people, you know, God's talking to me about this or leading me in this direction, how many times have you been looked at? People go, this guy's a missing screw or two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, I didn't mean to say the exact same thing, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> in the churches, you get treated like Exactly. That. Like, to be completely transparent, 10 years ago, if I would have heard Carl talking about the dream, the, dream, the mm-hmm. visions, the or the miracles that he saw, I would have been like, he's totally off his rocker. He's I'm out of here. He's a nutcase. Yeah, I totally would have. They're making have, this stuff up. Right. Straight up. There have been, and maybe we'll get into it at some point, he's given me three dreams in particular that I've been like holding to myself for a while now. Because I, I I feel like he's telling me to share it, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of fighting against that because I know what the reaction is. What the world's going to say about yeah. it, mm-hmm. and that's disobedience on my part, straight up. Absolute disobedience. Like if he tells you to do something, even if you know that that's going to get you outcast from everybody, you kind of still have to obey him. Mm-hmm. So let me challenge you then. Let me challenge you that next week that's what we do. That's what we do on the B side. I'll think about it. We won't okay. throw you out. Or you'll yeah. think about it. God's already you thought think, about it for you. <laughs> you think about it. You pray about it. We'll pray together about it. Okay. All right. Because you're not going to get any judgment here. Nope. In, at all. I think what we'll do. Except for your haircut. But that's another story. I like my hair. Hey. I think we'll, I mean, you know what? You know why I have hair. my hair like this? I have no I can, idea. I can test everybody in the room. When you say that you're a non-judgmental Christian, you accept everybody. Is your are your actions going to match the output of what's coming out of your yes. mouth? Yes, they are. And here's why: I, it's very stylish haircut. It's just quality. It's just not my style. That's all. That was all a nice, that was a pleasant way to put that. Yeah. Thank you. I'll be here all week. I think what we're going to do, since you say that, um, they were in the context of when I came back from philadelphia okay. it was there was something that happened on the way back and then that night he started revealing something to me okay so i think i want to share the rest of next week we'll share that that sunday i know we kind of took a a, a side path here yeah. but with family circumstances i felt like this was an important Absolutely. discussion to have and yeah. i could feel the spirit in this conversation so i know mm-hmm. this was important yep next week we'll continue on that sunday and then the drive home and then we'll We'll get into that. That verse that you that you mentioned, I just wanted to read this um, just for... Was it in Joel? It was, was in Joel. Correct? It was chapter 2. It's verse 28. And it says, it will come about after this. So this is in an end times context. So the time period that we're living in now, post-Christ, through the prophet Joel, God himself says, it will come about that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. So that's a reference to Pentecost. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Yeah. So that's very challenging to those that say prophecy is no longer a thing. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. He's clearly telling us that these things are relevant in a new covenant context. So Mm -hmm. these things are real. um, And he still uses these things. They should be tested. Mm -hmm. Don't be wrong. Test me. I don't care who it is. Always test them because there are a lot of, there's always more false prophets than true prophets. That's that's biblical. There are always more false than true. So always test it. Um, he'll confirm things through, through through witnesses or confirmation or just test, obviously tested against his word. But this is what the Bible says. That was that reference that you yes. made. I want to go ahead and take our break and, and, and play our featured song, and then we'll come back with our final thoughts on the other side. This week, we're going to play another song from ASAP Preach in celebration of him coming down to perform live in Moberly, Missouri. Which one are you going to play? I'm going to play a song called Life by ASAP Reach. Mm. Is that a new one? It's a newer one. Okay, I must... That's Within my, the past month, month and a half. I need to get out of my play cycle because I've got some of his that I just listen to over and over yeah, and over again. I do the same thing. I think you'll like this one. Again, this is Life by ASAP Preach. We will be back on the other side with our final thoughts. Thanks for listening.
found me, I was lost Deep down I was drowning, about to pull the trigger but Your spirit didn't allow me I was caught up in a mess, was stuck in my head Pistol on the side of my bed, I never could rest Really could've died for my sin, thank God I'm not dead I was really contemplating death, strap pressed to my neck Couldn't hold my breath, nothing less but a test Really had no one to help, no one left to impress So I said end of my breath, I am stressed, I'm depressed I know I can't save myself when you saw me, I was lost, but you found me, knew everything about me Everybody tryna count me out, but you wrap your wings all around me If you hurt me when yeah. I cry, yeah. will you take me yeah. when I die? Give up, but it's tough to say. I gotta be a man and not run away. Man. I really need to talk to God about my pain. Will you wash it away? He says, Son, you are already clean. You just see yourself defeated, but that's not how I see it. Just trust me, resist the devil, he about to flee. You put my life aside to be set apart. I gotta reach the finish line, ain't no head start. Everyone who had left had me left scar. I know this life can really get hard. I'm ready for the next part. I was lost, gone right I felt the breeze, then the sunlight Man, my God is on time I looked out, all eyes So I fall, cause I know what you yeah. I'll be alright yeah. Will you take me when I die? I just feel deep inside I just really need to cry I've been trying to hold it Welcome back to the last half of our final thoughts on Broken Records B-Side. <laughs> Carl, who is our music credit? We already gave half our final thoughts. Well, I have, I guess. <laughs> In my head, I have. <laughs> Choke. Okay. Uh, you did great. You did great. Again, that was Life by ASAP Preach. All right, let's pull the needle off the record final thoughts. Coffee, I'm going to have you go last. So you can pray us out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, yeah, I think that... Uh, I think we need to remember at all times how powerful prayer is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and honestly, I'm not the, you know, I'm not the most uh, scholarly person, but I'll, I'll go fist to cuffs with anybody who says that you got to pray a certain way. No, I we're think, given a guideline, but. Yeah, I think you just got to have a conversation with God. I agree. You know, I mean, because I do it almost daily, you know, when I'm driving and, and stuff. And, um, especially when I'm on my motorcycle, cause you know, there's no, no surrounding music or anything like that. It's me and God. So yeah, I just get to have that in my, in my mind. It's one of the most calming, uh, most comfortable things I, that I do. And, uh, to just have that conversation. Um, but I think we need to pay attention to what and who we're praying for. Um, I think we need to remember, I hate to to put it in this way just because it's, it's not, it's not correct, but 
for lack of a better term right now, you know, all the little people, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, um, all these favorite people. Yeah. <laughs> not like that, Mike, but the, uh, the, you know, the overall, um, the people that we unfortunately tend to forget in our prayers. Yeah. Um, like I was talking about with our wives, um, you know, and, and sometimes I kind of glaze over even like, Oh, I, you know, I pray for my kids and God, I pray that, you know, that they, all turn back to you and live their life for you and things. But I think really individually, you know, by name, you know, I mean, we do it with our, our friends or we do it with when somebody says, Hey, I need prayers for this. And you're like, okay, on it. And you, you know, I know me, um, because I didn't do it previously. I, whatever I'm doing, I just stop right then and they do it, you know? Um, but I think there's that, a lesson I learned from you. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've said, I've been guilty of seeing, not to interrupt your phone. phone. Oh, no, I'm no, sorry, no. Mike. Um, I'll pray for you. Yeah. I mean, that's like saying, I'll get you a cup of coffee. You right. may or may not. You may yeah. or may You're not. Like me. Yeah. yeah. So if you stop what you're doing right then, yeah. Uh, and that's a lesson you taught. And, you know, we talk about ripple effects. And I remember um, somebody that I had uh, trained at work um, at one point it was uh, somebody had asked them about me. And they, they said, This is the biggest thing that I remember is. I, he was training me. He got a message. He stopped and he prayed. And then I didn't know what to say. And all I said was, "Is everything okay?" And he said, "Yes." Somebody just said they needed prayers, and he stopped and he did it right there. And I said, and I told this person because I didn't used to. I used to say, "Yeah, I'll pray for you." Yeah, I'll pray for you. And I gave somebody that false comfort, that false comfort of knowing that. I didn't need to know the story, but that somebody was just praying for him. And I took that away. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, and then Bob said one time, never let your day get too busy that you can't stop and pray for somebody. And that, that just really, really hit me hard. And so I've made it a point to, to just stop. And if, if I happen to see it and I'm on a stoplight, uh, you know, again, I don't have to stop and bow my head. I don't have to do it a certain way. I can say it along the way and I can say, God, I, I want to send this up to you. The, you're the healer. You're the only one. Your will be done because that's another important thing is not our will, but his, because we know we want it a certain way. Like we were talking about with your, yeah, we, we were talking about with your grandma. You'd love to have her here for the, you know, yep. you'd love for her to see your kids, kids get married. Yeah, You know what I mean? But you know grandma right now isn't grandma yeah and it's just not god's will yeah you know grandpa gets it you, you know what yeah. i mean and the, really thank god he does like I, I i pray that when i get you know to an old age like that with my wife that i can see that that yeah. i need to let her go because i tell you what i've that's that's something that rocks me and just even thinking about that but um but i think we need to remember by name you know by name to pray for for our family and our friends and stuff not just an overall hey thanks god for everybody in my life i pray for them all no no you need to call some people by name yeah i I think it's cute that you think you're gonna outlast your wife yeah yeah no i know i know i know your wife you get online she's liable to kill you yeah that's true (laughs) and nobody will ever find out so we have tape here okay (laughs) if if it's all suspect in between my toes look for some okay she's a nurse come on now she's sly. that's right (laughs) but no i think that that i think that i think that yeah prayer just pray do it deliberately never flippantly um you know 
And I was even stupid enough at some point, you know, to take the context of, of, uh, you know, asking you shall receive to, Hey, I want to win the lottery. God, if you just let me win the lottery. Here's what I'll do with the money. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just stupid, just stupid. Sorry. You know, instead of, Hey God, I thank you for another day. I pray that you use me the way you want me to be used. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever yeah. that looks like. Yeah. And that's, that's a hard prayer. And I've said it a couple of times, like in, like during family prayer, my wife's like, just Mike, please. And I was like, no, no, no. And she goes, listen, yeah. if I feel it on my heart and I, you know, then I ask God, I need to ask God, not you ask God for me. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah. So, so that's what I'm going to say. Sorry. And I know that was long winded, but <laughs> I actually forgot what we were doing. Final thought. Yeah, that oh, was yeah, my final, final thought, that. you know, 20 minutes later. <laughs> Not that it was long way, yeah. Mike. No, no, that's uh, all right. So that, uh, the other night when I was there with Grandpa, there was a point where, first thing I wanted, I want to share something that, and this, this is super quick, and then I'll, I'll give my actual final thought. But he was talking about a friend that he had years and years ago, and he said, he's like, I never forgot this. Uh, Grandpa was most of his friends were like farmers and, and working class guys, you know, and, and this guy was a farmer and he was always like real, real stout and, you know, real active. And, uh, he was, this guy was older than my grandpa was. And it was when my grandpa was younger and he remembered, he remembered they were out working one day and he, he had gotten older and, uh, there was a piece of farm machinery there and he just sat down at one point. He was, he was exhausted and grandpa said, he looked at me and he goes, you know, life's a funny thing. You're once a man and twice a boy. And it was in the context of him sharing what he saw and, you know, what that guy meant by it was you start off, you know, you need, you need somebody to help you because you're a child, but then you like, you revert back to like this childlike state because you need people to help you again. But I think there's a spiritual wow. significance to that. I think yes. that's exactly what happens. I think we revert back and it's almost like we learn the lesson of life and then we revert back and get to start again. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, this would be my actual final thought. That was my penultimate final thought. <laughs> my penultimate thought. There we go. Now it's you're like just making prayer. words up again. I think I you're just, right. Yeah, penultimate it's, it's thought. A second, penultimate yeah. second to last. Yeah. Second. If you're backing it up, I'm saying BS. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I believe he's correct. <laughs> oh, I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> I do my okay final. on my SATs back in the day. I had decent my, vocabulary. But real I like Saturdays thought. too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Here we go. So grandpa and I were talking and he was talking and we were talking about hymns. I, I shared a story about the, the history of it as well. And, uh, and then he started sharing the, the, the history of amazing grace. Mm. Oh, that's and we were talking about that. He, somebody had, had taught him that a long time ago. And he said, he was one of those things he always remember, which grandpa says that he, re he remembers everything. I've never <laughs> seen somebody with a memory like he's got, I forget <laughs> what I ate. I don't, I'm not sure what I had for supper three days ago. Mm-hmm. He probably remembers what he had three years ago. Oh, wow. Fortunate. Yeah. He's blessed. very blessed with his memory. I'm not. But anyway, he shared this, this story. And I, 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 I knew a little bit, but he was, he was reminded of some things that I'd kind of forgotten. But it was wild. He shares this. And then I stayed really late at the nursing home that night. And I left probably. I didn't want to leave. It was one of those things where I just. Afraid you, to leave? Yeah, because yeah. you feel like it's going to be the last time and you want it yeah. to last forever. Been there, mm -hmm. Carl, I understand that. Because I kind of remember like the last time that grandma was up and moving and able to walk in and fully aware. And I felt the spirit tell me this is the last time. 
And looking back, it was the last time that she was that active. And, um, I mean, you can say you regret not staying longer, but no matter how long you stay, you're going to say, I wish I would have stayed longer. It's never long enough. It's never yeah. long enough. But I finally left like 1130, 12, something like that. And I get in the car and the radio pops on. I have it on bot radio, which is like sermons and stuff. And it goes from static. And then it, it goes from static to this guy preaching just in time for me to hear him tell the story of amazing grace. Mm. This stuff, uh, this stuff happens all the time, yeah. all the time. When, when you're actively listening with the intent to obey God, he speaks so much, mm-hmm. so much in ways like that. But it's so fitting for what you started us off with coffee, with repentance and, and what that looks like and how do we attain that? And how do we, how do we, uh, um, how do we fit that in with what scripture teaches us? Like Jesus talking about humbling yourself and it's an ongoing process, but it's also the work of the spirit. How do we fit all that in? How does that all, how does that all match? Well, that song was written by a guy named John Newton and he lived in the 1700s and, and by every account, his account included, but everybody that knew him, he was vile. In his earlier years, he was a horrible human being, and he admitted this. He was a slave trader, wasn't he? Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. Yeah, he was. He was, and that that's an interesting part of his story too. When that occurred, but he was he was a drunkard. He was a he was a, a boaster. He was just mean spirited. He was wild and crazy. Mm. Um, he was a seafarer, and at one point they were out to sea, and this terrible storm hit. Awful storm. And you know, as the old adage goes, there's no atheists in foxholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a situation like that, everybody finds something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You find something. And he found something. And he started, he, he knew about God. He had just rejected him for the reason that most of us do when we're in that state, because we love our sin more than him. And that's where he was at. But at that point, he decided he loved his life a little bit more mm-hmm. <laughs> than anything else. So he cried out to God. And God delivered him in a pretty miraculous way, saved, saved him and the ship. And he became a believer after that. The problem was he didn't surrender himself to have those roots pulled out. He didn't, he didn't allow his field to be plowed. Mm-hmm. He just believed. He gave that lip service. Mm-hmm. But his words of belief didn't match the actions that he was taking. It was after that that he became a slave trader. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he joined a slave ship as a believer. And he openly admitted later that like he was mean too. Like it wasn't just that he was running a slave ship or working on a slave ship. He was cruel to him. And he, he admits this. Mm. Well, when God can't get your attention one way, he'll get your attention another way. And usually oh, the second way's a little bit not, worse yes, than the first one. Not good. Yeah. He got terribly sick. So this time it wasn't something external that came against him. This time sends him something on the inside. Mm. Right. So he hits, he hits him with a horrible sickness. And that's when he acknowledged my way is not good. Like he knew. And you, when God's convicting you, when he's using something like that to convict you, you know. When there's a sin that you're not acknowledging a sin, like you talked about, Mike, you know. When he afflicts you, he breathes into your spirit, this is why I'm afflicting you. Yeah, He'll uncover the root and say this right here. I need you to admit. You can't rip this out, but I need you to admit, A, that it's there, and B, that I don't like it. And see that you want me to take it away from you. Yeah. Those are the three things that he's going to ask you to admit. And that's what John Newton did in that moment. He finally gave himself to God. He didn't just believe anymore. He gave himself over. Right. And then he became a minister after that. That's mm. when John Newton became a minister, wrote all kinds of hymns, including Amazing Grace. And two of the stanzas in that song says this. I once was lost 
but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Beautiful. And that is a picture of, of being saved. Not just having been saved, but being saved. He's leading us home, but we have to understand what John Newton learned about grace. I think we've forgotten. We treat grace like, like, a, like a cream that we can slather over our sin to cover it up. Mm-hmm. Pain, like, a, like a pain cream. Yeah. Yep. Like you're covering, you're covering up the surface level symptoms of the sin without actually dealing with the sickness of the sin. That's not what grace does. Grace heals the sickness of sin. That's the whole point of it. John Newton learned that finally. It's not a pill you can take and make it go away. No. Nope. And we've got to allow that to lead us home. It's like Grandpa Saul. That, that's, that's the goal. Jesus wants us to be led by him like children, to be humbled, to have our field plowed, to have those sins removed, and to have grace in, in his mercy do its full work in transforming us inside and out. And... He wants to do it the easy way because he's a good, good father. Like we talked about earlier, you know, uh, you know, you, you discipline your kids and you don't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, the kid doesn't like being disciplined. The parent doesn't like doing the discipline. Not at all. If you're a good parent, you don't, you don't enjoy that. Right. And I, I don't believe for one second that God enjoys that. He makes it pretty clear in the prophets that, that sin hurts his heart and, and having to punish his people hurts his heart. He doesn't want to do it, but he will. If it's the only way he can get your attention, like it took with John Newton, that's what he'll do. At some point, we just have to acknowledge and we have to surrender to that. That's that's how we we correlate all these things together. Mm-hmm. The Spirit does the work in transforming, but we have to agree with the work. I know I've said that before, but I think this kind of exemplifies what that should look like. There were vices in John Newton's life that he couldn't break until God broke him. When he let God break him, that's when he was finally willing to admit the vices and have the vices taken from him, those chains broken. God gave John time to try to do it on his own, and it didn't work. And God did the same for me. He gave me time to break vices on my own, and it never worked. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until God broke me, and I came to him in tears and acknowledged, this isn't good, and I need you to take it away because I can't. I don't know what to do. That's when the vices went away. Not before. It didn't matter how much I professed belief. I had to be broken to admit that I needed him to take it away and wanted him to take it away. That's key too. Right. So I think there was a piece of me before that I said I, I, I needed him to take it away before that and nothing had ever happened because in my heart, if I'm being transparent and honest, I liked my sin and mm-hmm. I didn't want him to take it away. Right. He had to get me to a place where I hated my sin as much as he does. Mm-hmm. That's a tough place to get to. It is, but that's also a part of grace. We think of grace as always a positive thing. And I don't mean uh, I don't mean positive and negative as in good and bad. Um, positive and negative just means the way that it operates. We think of grace as always this happy-go-lucky positive thing, but there's a negative element, and the negative element is that grace will highlight your sin and, and, and force you to acknowledge those areas that aren't good that need to be removed. It doesn't feel good. That's why what I mean by negative, but it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's a negative that's good, but we have to allow that work to be done in our heart. But that's my final thought. I'll keep I'll keep rattling on if I well, rattle on, brother. That's all <laughs> I can say. <clears throat> My final thought on this whole situation we talked about tonight: one, I feel like, I mean, 
we didn't even have a topic. I feel like it was definitely spirit led mm-hmm. that we were bearing our hearts to those that listen. I know we do that and we try to do that every week so that someone might hear something that's going to help them. It helps me every week. I've said it many times before and I'll say it again. You've got to talk about what's on your heart. And it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be unsure of how to be received. A long time ago, I decided, well, I think I decided, but, you know, (laughs) you know how that goes, Um, that if I stand out and I'm different, okay. I think that's where everybody needs to get. It's okay to be different and not following the crowd. Look at Jesus. He was way different. Mm -hmm. The crowds followed him. Yep. But how many people following him were afraid to follow him and act the way he acts or acted? Mm-hmm. He still acts, but during his time with his ministry on earth. The crowd stayed to follow him all the way. That was, no, that was that's, the problem. that's where I was mm-hmm. going. Exactly. It funneled down. <laughs> it's like Reagan's trickle, trickle down economics. Worked for some and not others. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me, it's all about thinking you got to think now don't stay there and wallow in it because that's dangerous but nothing happens by accident and i know somebody out there's going well you know fate that's what's supposed to happen but where do you think if you believe in fate where do you think fate came from Mm -hmm. it came from our father because before you were born he knew you and he had a path for you yep it took me a long time to realize that because, like I've said before, I was super mad at God for 20 years, shaking my fist. Yep. How could he take away from me everything that I had, what I thought I was about? Like you said earlier, I think it was on the A side, that uh, your job isn't who you are, it's what you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I was on the other side of that. I was, my job is who I am. Because it it gave me things of the world that I felt were super important. Status, control, authority, power. All the things you need to give up to humble yourself, to be a servant, to be the hands and feet of God. Those are all the things you have to, you, you can't have. Right. You have to listen like, you know, Bob and Carl earlier were talking about their trip to Philadelphia. I've been thinking about that, but I'm not. I, I, am, am I the guy to go there? I don't know. But I, but I, I in the trip to to Africa to see how other churches, you know, do church. I think would be outstanding to do, because then you can bring it back here. Because it seems like they're open to a lot of things that the Western church is simply not open to. Right. <laughs> Because you don't want to be thought to be goofy. Because mm-hmm. you're worried about the butts and, pardon me, the cheeks in the seats. Mm-hmm. not and the, and the money hitting the coffers. But it's not about any of that. 
I think about that stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where I'm going here. I'm just off on a deep end. I'm sorry. I guess I'll pray us out. I guess that's my final thought, Carl. <laughs> Father, we thank you for the leadership that you gave tonight through your Holy Spirit to us as we discussed things that were on our heart. We hope that whatever we said will help somebody out there. And if you're out there listening, we hope that if you need something, please reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, these, these guys will answer text, a phone, an instant message on Facebook, whatever you have. We just pray that if you're in need, please reach out. Father, we ask that we make ourselves available to your will. Father, that we walk that narrow path. And we're not afraid to walk that narrow path. We walk it boldly. And we, I ask that for everyone listening and the men around this table. I ask this in the Son's name, Jesus. Amen. Yeah.